0: Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode because it is time to drop in. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are officially in season two of the Sacred Leadership Podcast, and I am really looking forward to today's conversation because I have something a little different coming to you all for this season, season two. We're actually going to hear from some different voices. And the man that I'm speaking with today is actually the person that inspired me to Bring a whole chapter of the Sacred Leadership Podcast around the conscious masculine, around the other side of the conversation, around the, you know, masculine energy and what is going on on the other side of the table. And Sean is an incredible human being. Uh, we actually met recently, a couple months ago. We both went into the Yucatan jungle. We sat with uh, Grandmother Ayahuasca and um, we became really, really fast friends. Sean actually reminds me a lot of my brother and I remind him a lot of his sister. So I think we were definitely like probably siblings in another life and we've reconnected in this one. And we had so many beautiful deep conversations. Sean Gazer is one of those individuals who really is bringing the passion into his work, really stands firm in his purpose and in his mission. And he came to his his mission essentially through his lived experience, which is something we highlight a lot on this podcast because nothing ever happens to us, right? Everything always happens for us. And I'm going to let Sean get into introducing himself, but Just to kick things off, he is one of those individuals who really wants to pay it forward. He specifically works with men, helping them wake up to themselves, get in touch with their emotions, be able to process their trauma, to be able to actually be in community and companionship and actual relationships with other men, to be able to be present for their partners and be able to connect in an authentic and meaningful way. And I feel like this is just something that is so needed, especially on this planet, on this earth. Right now. So I'm really excited to dive in and bring Sean to all of you and help all of you get to know Sean a little bit more. So, Sean Gazer, over to you. Tell us a little bit about your background, your story, and how the hell you ended up being a coach for men.
1: Yeah, Amber, that was amazing. You pretty much covered everything (laughs) in there. That's all the things that I'm working on. Thank you for all that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's been a really wild journey for me. And like you said, through lived experience is, is what was the reason why I'm at where I'm at right now. Uh, I would say about five or six years ago, I really hit an all time low mentally, physically, emotionally. And I, I, I didn't really have any other choice. It was either call it, call it a life. You know, I was really in those in, in that dark stage there or dig the heels in the sand and start working and start going inward. And I made that commitment for myself, for my wife, for my kids. And um, yeah, ever since then, it's been, like I, like I said, going inward, uh, understanding emotional uh, intelligence and diving into breath work and contrast therapy and going to retreats and dabbling with plant medicine and connecting with amazing teachers that have walked the walk, you know, not just talking the talk. So along the way, I, I've, I've, I've found so much and one of those things being my mission my purpose currently in life is to take the things that I've learned through this experience here on earth and, and help others rise up, especially men right now, because I see such a need for it. There's um, there's a lot of men that are struggling all around me, all the time, you know, here locally in Rochester and all around the world. You know, we see it we see it everywhere. And the work that we're doing is really powerful and impactful, and we're looking forward to continuing doing our own work and expanding and reaching as many men as possible. Mm. So yeah.
0: Amen. I appreciate you having me here. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Yes. How are you there? And you know, it's really interesting, Sean, because I have to say that meeting you here now today in this form, when you shared with me about not only what you used to look like, but what you used to act like, what you used to think like, how you used to Mm -hmm. be a father to your children, how you used to be a husband to your wife. Total, complete 180 from the man that I am chatting with today. And so if you could just kind of take us back in time a little bit and share what did Sean actually look like five, six years ago? What was going on for him at that time?
1: Whew. Are you saying before the awakening? Oh yeah, like take this way back, my friend, hit. way yeah. back. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going, going we're, we're going in there. We're Okay, going there. let's go, let's go. I can own it, you know, because at the end of the day, my saving grace is always, no matter what, and this is why compassion always leads away from me is because even when I was committing atrocities and I was disrespectful and projecting and deflecting and um, emotionally and, you know, mentally not taking care of my wife and kids, I always meant to uh, be a good person. My intentions were always pure, um, but that, that wasn't—that's not the way that anyone else would say that I was coming across. I was the, the master. I was a master manipulator. You know, narcissistic tendencies, uh, through and through. If my, uh, especially with my wife and I, um, if she uh, talk about emotional validation, there was none of that there. When she was going through anything, if she felt unsafe or felt unheard or um, didn't feel like I was giving her any love or enough attention, instantly, instantly, I would take that as an attack on my character mm-hmm. or any way, shape or form, whether it was her energy, her body language, her words, it was an instant attack on me because I was so insecure. Uh, and and what I would do was from that place of insecurity, I uh, would get defensive and I would deflect. Oh, I'm feeling all these all these negative emotions, and I don't have any tools to handle these, I'm going to flip it and put it on you. You are the problem for everything here. So uh, it was the same with my kids. If my kids are, you know, running crazy, acting up, one's crying, one's screaming, because I I have four kids, um, which carnival, circus, chaos is the norm. (laughs) I was going to say, I have four dogs, uh, and
0: it's wild, so I cannot even imagine like four (laughs) children.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm thankful that I was never physically abusive with my kids. Um, I had some of that as a kid myself, but um, I would still, str- you know, lash out, screaming, you know, anger. Those those types of things would come out, and um, it was all from a lack of awareness. And on top of that, really quick, this is, and I feel like I just had a uh, conversation with my the lady that cuts my hair today. Her boyfriend was. A, it was the same thing. It's like us men. We've been conditioned our whole lives to bury our emotions. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to feel, oh, you're going to cry? Well, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, that type of stuff. So tapping into emotional intelligence, emotional awareness was, was everything for me. And it allowed me to really start that, the, the process, the journey of moving on from these, these negative emotions, these, these tough, these low vibrational emotions that were controlling mm-hmm. me, that were my operating center for so long.
0: Yeah. And I remember you sharing with me, you know, like physically, first of all, you were like complete yeah. 180. How, how much weight have you lost?
1: So I was at 350 pounds and uh, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes and liver cirrhosis oh. from, from, fatty, from fatty liver. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was a brutal, brutal time and uh i'm now down 135 wow
0: that that is incredible and you know and just to clarify for people like it's not about weight loss right like that's not the point here the point here is about health and it's about taking care of your body and it's about paying attention to listening to your body and fueling your body and it all goes hand in hand with starting to learn how to listen to your emotions and regulate your nervous system and being aware of like what it is that we're actually putting in, whether that's food or emotions or what we're consuming in terms of entertainment. Because the other thing that really stuck out is, you know, you and I had a very candid conversation about how challenging it can be to be in this space as, you know, someone who is working as a healer, as a guide, as a coach, there are so many other ways out there to make money. Um, Both you and I have ways that we know that we could tap into to make money and it would be good money, quick money, quote unquote, easy money. Um, But it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel aligned. Can you share a little bit about what that experience has been in terms of putting down the thing that was quick and easy and choosing the more challenging path because it's more aligned?
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a beautiful point. And a hundred, I agree 100%. That was part of my past. I, I started with a lawn care business, landscape company, and I moved into um, casino, casino work, you know, entertainment in that way. And it was, when it comes to morals, values, it was feeding every part of me that I am try- I was trying to work on. So just like you said, to your point, here here we are, you know, I could make a lot of money, probably doing sales or continuing that type of business and and be a better provider financially for my family. But um, I'm choosing the difficult path and maybe it's not uh, going to always be difficult, but currently, um, you know, facing this this journey of having my business, what I do for work, what I do for passion, for mission, be in in regards to the healing and, and connecting with men and helping others rise up. It, it certainly comes with, with a lot of challenges. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But if, if for the rest of my life, if I'm doing something that's out of alignment, that that goes off the, the path of the highest, my highest self, um, I've learned the hard way that I get brought right back to the path. If it's not from here from the heart center, spirit, God, he's, he's going to bring me back every single time. Mm,
0: yeah. And I think that that's where like, I feel like I get to cheat a little bit in this conversation, because we've had such deep conversations about that. And one of the things that really just floored me about your journey is that you were you were in it in every single avenue of your life your health you know was completely just thrown to the wayside the way that you were Earning money, you know, was not something that now feels aligned for you. You and your uh, wife separated for a while or or were on the verge of separation. You did not feel connected to your children, like, you were not feeling your emotions. There was just so much in terms of it, it was like all the things that so many people struggle with in terms of feeling like numb and tuned out. And I think it's really. Pervasive in the, you know, especially in America, the male population because. All of those emotions, all of the things that you feel, they have to go somewhere. And so if you're not taught how to express them or to even acknowledge them, you're stuffing them down and you have to find more and more and more things to help you numb and turn off and disconnect. And a lot of times that turns into anger. It turns into rage. It turns into depression. It turns into apathy, right? Which is actually the worst of all of those things because then at that point, you really don't care. Um and so I think the other point in your story that I'm very curious to know more about is what was it like for you when you actually made the choice to start doing different? You you were you were so on that other side of the scale. You were looking at losing everything and what gave you the the drive, the strength? What were those first couple steps?
1: Yeah, such a good question. So a few things come up. The first for me was when I was before my wife and I had separated. I was stuck in fight or flight. I mean, my my anxiety was through the roof. I was depressed and I was literally in my office frozen in my chair. When we'd have family over with the kids would be playing and I would be stuck, frozen, stuck. It was it was really it was really tough. The the first two things that started bringing me out of that was I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. And he had Wim Hof on me. Okay, and I remember from Wim Hof, yes. Prior, and you and we talk about the the ice, the ice stuff and the, the contrast therapy and breath work. I incorporated those two into my daily life. And the first time I remember, I was like, I'm so desperate. I'll do anything. I have no interest in getting in a cold <laughs> shower. That sounds absolutely terror- devastatingly terrible. I wasn't interested at all. But I was like, I will do anything for relief. So I got in the cold shower. And I stayed in there for a minute or two. And when I got out, it allowed me to turn my mind off. It allowed me to have some, create some space, create mm. some space to feel. And it was it was almost euphoric for about a minute. But, you know, it, you got it, was, taste, it was really right? powerful. And that, <laughs> yeah. And between that and breath work, uh, I was really able to start creating some space and and get out of the fight or flight mode and get out of the, the stresses, get out of being so caught up and what was going on in my mind and my body that uh, I I was, I was consumed by it. So those two things. And the third thing, and it's funny, uh, I've been a little reserved to talk to people about this because it's so to society standards, it's off the beaten path a little bit, but we're going to let it rip here. Um, What is the, is the night that I say I found God, you know, and, and that was when I was sitting with ayahuasca for the first time. Uh, I was down in Mexico and the the retreat i went to before you and i met and i i prayed that night and i i grew up chastising people that believed in god believed in religion spirituality i was so judgmental i was like i would tell people um i don't you know i don't believe in fairy tales i would say things like that to people who believed in god that was the darkness that was in me Mm. Uh, and that night I, I got down on my knees in Mexico and I prayed. I was in the jungle and I prayed. I said, God, uh, I don't know. I, I have no more answers. I've, I've given this everything I got mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, I had been spending hours journaling, reading, studying, exercising, losing weight, and I still had very little peace internally. I'd made big life changes, but um, yeah, I prayed that night. I said, God, give me the answers. Give me, give me, give me a few steps to keep me going here because I, I don't have them anymore. I can't do this on my own anymore. And that night, that night in the jungle in Mexico, my whole life changed. The way I explained it to people was, is, I, I, I was like playing a game. You know, you play Monopoly, and it's like, okay, we've completed these, this, this level, this chapter of life. Here's the next chapter. He, he brought me back to my heart he brought me back to my wife. He brought me back to my family. And uh, yeah, it was the most profound and most powerful moment of my entire life. And it was all, it was the night I met God.
0: Mm. Thank you for opening up and sharing about that. And I can understand, you know, where there might be some reluctance around sharing that, mostly because of how you were in the past, right? And kind of having a little bit of projection about how like people who were like you might be um, interpreting that. But I know that, again, whether, you know, it's God, the universe, spirit, a higher power, you know, again, it really doesn't matter. It's that surrender, right? To know that we don't actually have to be in control. We really don't have to be working that hard to figure it all out and to do it all. It's having that faith, that surrender, that trust to know that the only thing we're really responsible for is like doing the next right thing, right? Finding what that alignment looks like, and then taking the next little tiny baby step on that path that keeps you in that space of alignment. That's it. And there's so much freedom that happens, right? When we surrender, when we let go, when we're able to say, you know what? There's a plan for all this. I have no fucking idea what it is, but there is a plan for this. And all I need to do is kind of like keep my head down, keep my eyes on my own paper and keep myself busy with doing my thing and being in my purpose. And that's it. That's freaking it. How amazing is
1: that? Yeah. And, and keeping the mind out of the way. The oh mind yeah. Right. The like ego, our like our teacher Jose
0: always... likes to tell us the mind is the yeah. entertainer, thing, right? <laughs>
1: just always looking for something to latch onto a oh, fear here, insecurity here. Oh, this this might go wrong over here. But if, if we can truly drop those things. And and like you said, surrender, like I did that mm-hmm. night in Mexico. It was, I got nothing. I, I'm along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the passenger seat, take over. Mm-hmm. And if we can live by that, if we can trust in God, trust in universe, trust in spirit and hop in the passenger seat and, and love that role. Man. I still get caught up trying to sneak over the driver's seat, you know, but but when I'm in the passenger seat, it's peace, it's calm, it's serenity, really, Mm -hmm. really.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you remember sharing this with me and I'm going to try to see if I can like prompt it without giving it all away. But there was, uh, first of all, we got to give, we got to give a shout out to your wife, right? Because like she saw this version of you in you. The whole time, whole time (sighs) held out for it, was a champion for your higher self, even when you didn't even know you had a higher self to be a champion for. Um, And Mm. there was a conversation that you shared with me where the two of you, I think you were laying in bed and I think, you know, the conversation I'm referring to.
1: Yeah, I can hit you. And then, yeah, well, I mean, my wife is just, I mean, without trying to get emotional here, uh, an absolute rock. I mean, she's an angel. I call her my light. I, I tell her all the time. I say, you're my light. You're my light. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that night was, was really powerful. It was about nine months into our separation. Mm-hmm. And I had had some profound experiences in regards to just deep meditation, some medicine work, t- talking with teachers. And I started finding my heart a little bit. I was at a place where the the world was gray. Everything was gray around me. Everything. And I started getting some color back. And with that, I was able to start taking responsibility for some of the ways that I had shown up for our relationship previously. So me doing that, I believe it brought in some of that safety that she had always been looking for. And that night before I went to Mexico and I said I met God, um, we were talking and we hadn't been uh, affectionate or or much of anything like that for the entire nine months. And we were laying in bed together. And I was just sitting there. We had a really difficult conversation. I took full responsibility uh, for some of my mistakes. Some of I won't say mistakes because they're all learning lessons, right? But some of the things that I did that were uh, dishonoring to her in in our time of separation, took full responsibility. And we had a deep, very deep conversation. She handled it like the absolute champion that she is. And uh, at the end of the conversation, it was a few hours, a few hours long. We were just laying in bed together like the like the old days. Um, I took a deep breath and I remember saying and I felt it for the first time in a very long time. I said, I'm so thankful for you. And she that her response was she took a deep breath herself and she said, I knew you were in there. I knew you were in there. I know. I know. Ten years, ten years of trauma, ten years of pain. 10 years of no safety for her, lack of love, uh, not only seeing and observing my de- my destructive path but feeling it, you know, feeling that and having to, you know, be a part of that in a deep way and she still still showed up. Still showed up and still stayed loyal, still stayed loving, patient. I mean, whoo, we talk about women and their strength and their power and their capabilities. It's just Off the charts, off the charts. She is my motivation. She is my life. I I love her till the end of forever, eternal. Thank you for bringing that up. It is like
0: that. That was like a moment where I was like, if I can get Sean on my podcast, we are going to be highlighting (laughs) that because. Yeah. I am so big on relationships, right? And relationships as mirrors and relationships as opportunities for growth. And I feel like especially when we are in intimate relationships with, you know, our partner or partners, you know, depending on whatever construct you're in, when you are in those types of dynamics, you're allowing somebody to really see you, to really witness you, to really be with you in the day in and the day out. And when that person is offering you feedback when they are offering you um you know a, a way to see yourself in a different way. So many of us reject that, right? Because we don't have the tools to be able to be like, ooh, okay, I'm feeling defensive. I'm feeling, you know, threatened. I'm feeling like I don't like the version of me that you're reflecting back to me right now. So that's your fault. I don't like like you whatever you're giving me, I don't like it. It's your fault. And so we have an inability in terms of taking responsibility. And I feel like so much of the work that you are doing is helping men to essentially get into more of that place of compassion, to be able to at least expand enough to invite the other perspective in and give it a little bit of merit and to be able to be like, "Mm, okay, like maybe there's actually something to what this person is reflecting back to me. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think that that's one of the most, and I understand where it comes from for men, but it's one of the most toxic things, parts of a relationship of having, trying to have a healthy relationship is that defensiveness. I, I truly view this and, and the men that we work with, a lot, especially the leaders, we, we embody this. It's, it's the women in our lives are our guides. They are the true stepping stone to us living the best life that we can, being our highest selves. Not only for ourselves and for our mission and purpose, but when it comes to relationships as well and in this in society today, I hear it all the time I'll go to the gym and sit in the sauna with these these younger guys or even guys our age or older you know they, they complain about their wives, oh, they're always this, they're always that they're always giving me shit you know it's like if we could step away from that and validate where they're coming from, you know feel into their heart. And why are they sharing these things? What What are they feeling that are causing them to show up in this way or to express themselves energetically, like I said, uh, you know, with their body language or verbally in this way? Uh, my gosh, if we can view them as that light, as that guide to how we can better ourselves and show up better. I mean, it's it's absolutely game changing for relationships. And it's, it's one of the things that we work on immensely in our, in our line of work here.
0: Mm, and you had actually spoken a word earlier where you talked about safety and viewing the, you know, masculine's um, role in the relationship. And again, like when we say this, we're talking purely energetic, right? Polarity. So the role of the masculine in the relationship in terms of their responsibility to provide safety. Can you speak into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing for for our relationship, and, and I am not an expert on this. I am still, I still find myself falling short but I'm, at, but I'm learning. So when it comes to safety for my wife, the biggest thing is no matter what, no matter what, sometimes she's on an emotional roller coaster. And if we can be that mountain, if we can continue to show up when she is throwing all the tests out there, like I said, verbally, energetically, if we can stand true to ourselves, stay in our masculine and say, you know, or at least portray, feel that no matter what, I got you. You're good. I'm gonna validate what you have going on here, and I'm gonna continue to show up for you and be here for you and love you and love on you. Uh, the 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 benefits that we receive in return are endless. They're invaluable, you know. Uh, but for for us, it's been no matter what she has going on, I don't get defensive. I don't take it as an attack on me. I simply validate her emotions and and stand strong for her. That's been the biggest thing for me for sure. But I still, I, I still, I struggle sometimes. Some, I still get into that, like, oh, I messed something up. I screwed something up, you know, and I take, I take, I don't get defensive, but I almost get, uh, I almost feel that chain, that old chain from back in the day. But uh, it's going much quicker, that that, that correction process there. But, uh, mm.
0: And how do you address the discomfort that might arise in yourself when Things are coming up because, you know, we have all heard about men just kind of being naturally solution focused, you know, really want to fix things. Um, I know like my partner, like it's been like before I start something, he'll be like, okay, uh, is this where like you want a solution? You just want me to listen? Do you want comfort? Mm. Do you want feel like we will like kind of earmark whatever type of conversation is so he can put those, you know, we talk about like solution ears or listening ears or validation ears mm. um, on so he knows what kind of mindset to be in while he's receiving whatever it is that I'm um, sitting with in the moment but it still is definitely he will say very uncomfortable for him to be in a space where he's just holding space for me or just offering you know validation he just he wants to solution focus he wants to fix it he wants to so when you're working with people to kind of be able to like switch out of the fixer mode what are some of the tools that you found to be helpful
1: yeah for me it's really learning about the masculine and feminine essence that we all have inside of us so When we're holding space like that, when we're going into that deep listening, it's about sliding into the feminine. And that masculine is just like you said, goal oriented, conquering, you know, like, let's figure this out. Let's come up with a solution. When sometimes, actually, a lot of the time, my wife, she just wants to be heard. She just wants to be heard. And if I can sit there and deep listening and really tune into presence, really tune into hearing what she's saying. And like I said, like we said, offering offering that validation. Just rubbing, rubbing her, rubbing her on her leg or on her back and just giving her love and making her feel heard and, and just asking some questions about what she, what she has going on. Just that presence right there and that compassion, it, it's, it's massive for our relationship. Mm. So I would say, yeah, I would say, I would say tuning into those things. And if you have a hard time with that, that's okay too. It's, it's about the practice. And when, when it comes to practice, it's meditation, it's doing the breath work. It's, it's connecting with our body connecting with those feelings that we have coming up, connecting with our emotions, because that is an emotion that, that, um, that part of us that wants to solve. It's, it's a feeling that we have. And if we can learn that and put it to rest, put it to the side and lean into that, that presence and that compassion, it'll, it'll go a long ways with your partner.
0: And I think going into, you know, other things that help with discomfort I historically, you know, when I was working primarily as a relationship therapist, it really seemed to me that there was an epidemic in terms of the, you know, male partner really having a lot of um, escapism behaviors. So this is where I would see a lot of, um, you know, eating, you know, overeating or, um, you know, substance use, drinking, marijuana, video games, huge one, um, or, you know, just like, over-consuming like TV. If they had free time, they were constantly like putting the TV on. So when you are working with your clients, what are some of the small steps that you use to kind of help people shift? Because a lot of times people have been using those things as a way to numb and escape and a crutch for years and years and years and years.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have not a hard time overcoming, but it's one of the biggest challenges for men because we're, we're programmed to disassociate, you know, and then you, and you add in the dopamine hits that we get mm. when we're feeling mm-hmm. these types of things and we want to run away from it. We go to YouTube or we go to Facebook, TikTok. you know, the TV shows are porn guys. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys have the porn addiction, uh, that dopamine that comes in, all, all it does is reinforce this behavior that pulls you away from your highest self from tapping into those emotions. So the biggest thing for me for guys that are just starting is, like I said, breathwork and meditation is massive. Just allowing space to feel, allowing space to connect, disconnect from the thoughts, connect with the body. And then after that is journaling. Simply, simply, if you can sit with those feelings, if you can sit with the stress that you're feeling, the anger that you're feeling, the, the isolation, the loneliness, and write about it. What What's coming up for me right now? That question right there, what's coming up for me right now? Writing it down. And then why? Writing it down and just keep going, keep diving in. You can never ask why too many times. <laughs> nope <laughs> you will get to the you will get to the root. And if you can keep asking why and closing your eyes and feeling into it, I'm, you're, everyone has their highest self in there. Everyone has their their beautiful soul that has the answers inside. And if they can just whew, quiet up here and lean into here, the answers are there waiting for. Them.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's, you know, I love that because I think one of the things I've always done with my clients is, you know, that seven layers deep exercise, right? Like you think you have an answer, go layer deeper. You think that's the answer, go another layer deeper. You think that's the answer, go another layer deeper. And I think this is where, you know, working with a coach is really, really, really helpful. Um, You know, and again, like this is not to say that like you have to, but I really think that, a lot of times when people have gotten to that rock bottom place where they're like, I'll try anything, I'll do anything. At that point, you don't have any time to waste. You do not have any time to lose. At that point, most of the time your relationship, you know, is on the verge of, you know, breaking up or, you know, maybe you're you've lost a job because you had an angry outburst or your kids aren't talking to you, right? Like you don't have any time to waste. And so this is where working with a coach ends up being really beneficial because for example, Sean gets to take all of the lived experience that he's had over the past six years and pour it into you and speak it over you and share it with you. So maybe it won't take you six years, right? Because you can learn from Sean's experience and all his trials and tribulations, and maybe it only takes you a year or two to reach the point that Sean is at. And so going into that part of the conversation, who have been your mentors, your teachers, your guides, you know, whether they're people that you actually worked with, books you read, podcasts you listened to, there's somebody listening to this, whether it is somebody who wants to give resources to their partner, point them in the right direction, or if we have somebody who's looking about getting this started for themselves, what resources would you recommend? Where did you get started?
1: Yeah, I have so many. Um, But the few that come to mind for me, one of the the best coach that I ever had, bar none. But beyond God, okay, I gotta start there. I have to. (laughs) I can't. I can't not pass that up. But the best coach that I ever hired was Adam Lane Smith, and he's on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. He's he's an attachment specialist, but beyond that, he is an absolute legend (laughs) when it comes to coaching, and just he's completely dialed in with masculinity and uh, you know the relationships and communication and so on and so forth. He he really changed my perspective on life and the life that I wanted to live and the legacy that I wanted to leave. So I would start with Adam Lane Smith, my brother Ben Holt, who is absolutely dialed in in the breathwork world. He has helped me a ton and when it comes to reading, literature, Jordan Peterson was really powerful for me and you know he can be really controversial with some of the things that he says, but when it comes to men finding their power, men finding their confidence, men getting establishing discipline, you know, guys like him, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, those guys are, are really powerful in that in that field. And then on the other side of that, that's kind of that aggressive masculine, the softer masculine Lauren Krenn on Instagram is is another really, really great follow up too. if you're looking for relationship help and uh, connecting with the masculine and the feminine that we have within us. Lauren Crenn on Instagram is a, is a really big one too. There's a lot, a ton of resources, ton of resources out there. It's just it's just about diving. in. You can in find Sean on
0: Instagram stuff. and DM him, and he will hook you yeah. up
1: with resources. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's one of my things. Is is yeah, myself too. Sean underscore self mastery on Instagram uh, is an, is another one. I we we have a lot of cool things going on uh, too. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I love that because you know I think that's where it, it doesn't matter, right? Whether it's you see something about Wim Hof and you're like, what the heck? Okay, fine. Like I'll try. You know, everyone's going to start somewhere. There's always going to be something that you know speaks to them. Um, I never thought that I would be going and like sitting with ayahuasca, but like I saw, you know, something came across my Instagram feed and I felt like called and connected to it. And it has opened up another, you know, path. And now, you know, we have these amazing teachers in Jose and Ina, you know, being able to, and, and, and we have, you know, there's Garrett and Daniel, like we could shout out, like we have so many amazing teachers as a result of being in, in that space as well and bringing it into like a more micro level. Being where you're at now, knowing that this is not what you saw growing up, what are you really working on creating intention around as a father? And what are Mm. you working on modeling and imparting to your children from the space that you're in now?
1: Oh, such a deep question. I could go on for hours and hours about this because this is something that I believe in fully. And when it comes to fatherhood, it is it's very similar to the feminine. It is validating emotion. I grew up in a household and I used to participate in, Oh, you're crying. You're upset. You're distraught right now. Figure it out. Deal with it. You know, instead it's now it's about taking time and letting them feel, allowing them to feel and holding space for them. You know, I have a, my daughters are five and six and my sons are eight and 13. So it's, it's, it's it's quite the variety in the household. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it really runs true for all of them. It, it's embodying leadership, it's embodying core values in our household, and it's bringing us all together. The, one of the struggles that we've had is everyone was consistently uh, fighting. Uh, I want this, I want that, I want control of the remote. I I want to be in. I want to sit in this spot. It's it's tying our family together with one common goal, and that's being supporting each other and showing up in love for each other. So. It's, it's inputting those structures and and treating each kid individually you know connecting with each kid as an individual and respecting their needs their desires and also at the same time having these structures and discipline in place as well so it, it, it's really tough it's a tough it's a tough journey with with the family dynamic and the mission and and all the things but um, it, it's worth it because I believe firmly that the 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 home base is the most important the, the foundation of any man and and any woman really is, is that home base. So I believe in it strongly. Mm.
0: And what specifically are you making sure that your sons understand that is different than how you were raised?
1: Mm. It is okay to feel. <laughs> it is okay to feel. And others' opinions of us do not define us.
0: Mm. My okay, that's a good one.
1: Yes. I just had my son write this on the mirror last night because he's 13 and you know how difficult. I would not it go back to, to being 13
0: for like, you could <laughs> oh. be like, Amber, you can win the Powerball. You just have to go back to being 13. I'd be like, pass, hard pass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Right. And it's, um, you know, he comes home and, and thankfully we have a space created where he feels comfortable sharing with me. Uh, and some of the things he tells me, it's like, I can resonate, but also it's like, it is a brutal world out there. You know, being in school and not having any say or control on who you're around. You know, you're open to everyone. And it doesn't matter what what kind of lifestyle this kid has at home. There could be a ton of darkness going on. He's going to bring that to school and love and compassion. But there's a lot of stuff going on out there. So that's one of those things where I'm actually reading a book on this now. It's called Peer Orientation, where children, uh, and this is, I I wish I was a little more well read on this, but I, I feel called to mention it. Mm-hmm. What has happened since World War II when we lost a really great generation of men was instead of children having healthy attachment with their parents, they started leaning in towards their friends for that healthy attachment. So instead of ne- getting that validation and feeling connected with mom and dad and family, they're, they're attaching to their friends and trying to get validation there and acceptance there. And when you are seeking validation an acceptance from other children who tend to be selfish, who tend to be also peer oriented. It's almost like a, it's like a mouse, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a rat race. It's endless. And um, so w- we're really trying to bring the healthy attachment back to my home. I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on having my kids feel comfortable, happy, loving, fulfilled, excited at home with mom and dad. And the only way we can do that is, is by leading. So that's the big thing with my boys right now. I'm, I'm focused on for sure.
0: Mm, okay. And so then same question for your girls, right? Like, yeah. what are you trying to make sure that they know about a healthy, you know, male, a healthy relationship? What is that look like in your home?
1: Yeah, a couple of things is the, the first is I want to show them how to be treated through the way I'm loving my wife. I want to show up for my wife and I want our relationship to be the role model for what they will expect and what they will desire when they come of age. Right. And beyond that, because they're so observant, I was loving on my wife in the kitchen the other night and I look over her shoulder as I'm giving her a kiss and I just see my daughter sitting there smiling. They're so oh, what a like, moment. What, yeah. When the love's there, they, they're they so observant they and they, they feed off of it. So um, b- beyond that, it's self-respect. You know, I see a lot of that today. I see a lot of, of children, especially young girls, seeking more and more validation in unhealthy ways. And I want them to know that they're whole for exactly who they are. They don't need validation or acceptance from anyone at all. It all comes from within. So uh, self-respect and, and love and, and healthy, healthy love is what I'm trying to show them now.
0: Mm. That is beautiful I love that and I think you know speaking about like family and community and relationships the one thing I also wanted to make sure that we touched on today was about giving people a little glimpse into what actually happens on these men's retreats
1: <laughs> mm. Mm. it's real it's magic it's magic and it's similar to the men's community that we have um, but the, the in-person retreat, it's on a whole nother level. And what it is, a lot of times people look at myself and, and Ben, who I facilitate with, and think, oh, we're the leaders. We, you know, we got all the answers. We, we put the guys together and we host the workshops and whatnot. But the magic is the men coming together, which used to be a part of society, men coming together and having that sacred bond where we would grow together. We would discuss our trials, our tribulations, our wins, our losses, our struggles together and network and show up for each other. And it's been completely lost in, in any type of healthy way. And and what it is, is it's, it's coming together and taking a look at those exact things. What are we struggling with? What are we trying to overcome right now? What are the hurdles that we're having a hard time getting over? And we come together as men and lift each other up, rise each other up. Because at the end of the day, everyone thinks this too. We're all different. My problem is different from everyone else's. I need to isolate. I can't share and be vulnerable. None of that is true. When you come together and you share and you're vulnerable and you open up with other like-minded men who are willing to do the work, magic takes place. It's un- it's indescribable. It is absolutely life-changing and transformative, and you will never go back to your old ways. Never. I can't preach it enough. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you for asking me that because it's the same, not to go on a rant, but it's the same with our Discord community. We'll have guys that are scratching the surface who are interested in I know I'm, I, I feel called to do more. I don't want to be pissed off all the time. I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm the bad guy all the time, like I'm constantly disappointing people. Maybe there's more. They join the Discord community. Momentum just grabs them and says, we're rolling, dude, we're rolling. Because when you're with other men that are committed to the work, they're committed to living to their higher self, to being heart-centered and doing good on earth with, with our partners, with the, the women in our lives and our children and our community, and becoming the best men that we can be, you have no other option. We're bringing you along for the ride. It's 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 beautiful and it's amazing. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm so, I, I get passionate talking about it because, you know, I feel like it's my life's work. I feel like um, I went through the ringer, I went down to the depths of hell, you know, into my own soul, so that I can climb out and be here where I am. And I still got more climbing to do, but there's a lot of souls down there in that hole. That could use some help. So I, I feel as though that's my mission to help them come up with. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to mention that.
0: Yeah, I I think that especially now, community relationships, being able to be together with other people in person. It's so medicinal. Even you know, the retreat that you and I were able to be at together, we had people from all around the country, the world, right? All different walks of life. We had men, women, different shapes, colors, sizes. Everything and but by the end of it, we were family, and we are family. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, oh my gosh, wow! Like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. I I can you know wake up in the morning and be like, y'all, I just had a conversation with a candle, and everyone's like, yes, that's amazing. You know, what <laughs> I mean? like,
1: where else in your in your <laughs> life
0: can you do that? And I think that that's where there is this illusion that we are alone that we are by ourselves and especially because men are taught to be so closed off and disconnected right like you don't share with anyone you don't express you don't connect and so yeah you're going to be completely isolated and it's it's i think one of the things that really ends up just poisoning people from the inside out is like this Isolation, this loneliness, where we can be showing up to work, we can be existing in our families, we can be doing all these things, but we can still feel lonely and alone because we are there, but we are not taking part, we are not being present, we are not connected. And I think that that's exactly where, you know, whether it's a Discord community or an in person retreat being able to be connected to like-minded people who are striving and doing the same types of work that you are, who are you know in a space where you can actually come to them. And guess what? They're not your brother or your best friend or your whoever. They are actually somebody who's just there in support of you and you doing your work, right? That's that's so magical because then you don't have to worry about like, oh my gosh, is this person going to think of me a different way because they're my coworker? Or like, I don't really feel safe to share this with this person cuz they also coach my kids like soccer team or whatever the heck. Mm. You have this group that's literally just there in support of you taking on this challenge of reconnecting, which if you've gone from a space of not feeling your entire life and then you're starting to open yourself up to feel, ooh, boy, yeah, it's not going to feel so comfy cozy in the beginning because, you know, Emotions exist on a spectrum. Some of them are very pleasant. We like experiencing them. Other ones, not so much fun to experience, but it's all necessary. It's all welcome. It's all part of the human experience. And having a place to go to be like, y'all, I am like in it today. Is this like, am I going to be okay? And for them to be like, yes, you probably don't feel like you're okay. And that's okay to not feel okay, but you're going to be okay. What can we do to help? how can we support mm. you how can we lift you up and knowing that there is that safe space so that you actually feel like you can take on this challenge of essentially reconstructing the entire way that you exist in the world and exist in relationship to others and your environment yeah i would say that that's a pretty necessary piece of the puzzle
1: yeah 100% and 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 to your point going to those retreats the first one the first one maybe the first couple that i went to i was terrified especially as a man I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm like I, yeah, like you said, I don't feel good. I, I, I don't like this and I'm very uncomfortable. But there was always every retreat I've been to, always people there holding it down. I mean, even at this last retreat you saw, I was I was in the dark. I, I came in thinking this is gonna be great. That's dead. My brother saw he was there,
0: in it. He was in it.
1: <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay, every single shadow that's ever had that's ever lived a second in my lifetime is gonna come up okay that's fine that's cool let's let's put the armor on and so many people there holding it down whether they were in it themselves or they've walked that that walk and they've been in that the, the um, I'm sorry in that feeling themselves previously it doesn't matter we uh, in those spaces when we're letting that judgment drop and we're letting all the, the the societal standards and pressures fall to the wayside when we see another human being struggling or going through it we're going to hold it down every time for them, and especially at these retreat centers where, where our hearts are open and we're all feeling vulnerable. We're all feeling connected. There's nothing like it. So any men that are watching this or women of men connected with men, whether it's wives or sisters or whatever, release the fear. Release the fear. Stepping into this space. Stepping into vulnerability. Stepping into connecting with your emotions. There is freedom. There is sovereignty on the other side. There is a life full of love that you did not even know was possible waiting for you your highest self is in there waiting for you make the moves put your armor on take the steps mm. it pays off every time every time
0: yeah i mean cuz that's uh, ultimately like it feels uncomfortable to choose something different but when you get to let go of fear And isolation and suppression and escapism and loneliness. Like these are all things we've been tricked into thinking that they're like part of like the normal reality because that's, you know, what the matrix has been feeding us. And then also generations of, you know, narratives and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. But and yes, the process of shedding those things is not the most comfortable thing in the world. And also you don't have to do it alone. And also there is so much waiting on the other side. And it's not, you know, we're not Sean and I aren't sitting here being like, yeah, you know, go to a men's retreat and you'll be fixed. Like, no, we're, we're sitting here saying like, yeah, you're constantly going to have work and there's going to be things to do. However, if you take the time to give yourself that, I'm going to say like, you know, it's almost like a, like a springboard, like retreats, you know, I really feel like they're like a springboard to like, it's like, okay, I've been immersed in this and now it's so much easier for me to hold that mindset or that vibration or that way of being in the world because I was really just like in it, whether it's for a day or three days or a week or whatever it is that, you know, you're in that space for, and then you can go back and your body and your mind actually are able to more easily reach for and remember that because you were immersed in it. And it also is really incredible because, you know, especially in retreat spaces, like there are bonds that get formed when you are just like in that kind of like, you know, cloistered like container where you're like really going deep with people that are just so nourishing. And again, I think it's so medicinal, especially for men to know that you're not alone and that it also, it's not a competition, right? Like people aren't there to like you know, pick fights with you or fight with you or steal your woman or like beat you at sports or whatever, that there can be men that are actually there cheering for you and supporting you and raising you up. And there's nothing, you know, like malicious about that relationship. They're not getting to know you so that they can see your weaknesses and then like use them against you in battle. It's truly so that they can support you.
1: Yeah, and, and, and assist in any way, shape or form, because I, I truly believe that when we are connected as humans, when we are connected to our hearts, that's our true nature is support and love and community. And we, I, I truly believe we are all one. And yeah, there's been a lot of societal stress, stresses and pressures that have kind of manipulated that. But again, at the retreat spaces, you, you see that time and time again. There is no judgment. It is all love, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. If so many men feel the calling for growth and expansion, consciousness expansion, or just growth in their personal career, their physical body, their spiritual journey, their their mental, their emotions, whatever. Complacency kills. I found this. It, it, there's there's no way around it. I wish it wasn't the case because I would love – there's a part of me that would love to just have a real easy go, go get a house in the woods and just chill for the rest of my life. But I know what that feeling is and complacency kills. If we're not growing, then we're complacent and we're, and we're, I I really believe we're falling off. So if you can tap into that growth mentality in all ways, it's, it's, it's massive. And it's what men desire. You know, there's an aspect that comes to that with being present and being patient. You know, you learn that along the journey, but you know, if we're not growing, I, I believe that that's what we're here to do. And it hurts our consciousness. It hurts our soul until we get that ball moving. So. And the retreat space is definitely a place to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring that up is because, you know, I, I've definitely even had conversations with some of my clients where they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like I see these things about men's retreats or whatever. And like, I don't know if I'd really fit in or, you know, whatever. And like, The thing I want to say to that is, you know, why not just go try it out, do it anyway? Okay, like worst case scenario, you're like, okay, this was weird. And like you took a weekend of your life and you tried something and like it wasn't for you. Okay, right. But then Mm -hmm. what is on the other side of that? The other side of that is you take a weekend of your life, you try something and you're like, wow, that was amazing. I have all these incredible connections, support. I learned so much. I really felt like that was a huge expander for me. So to me, it's just kind of like, why not? Right? Like, why not go? Why not try something different? To your point earlier in our conversation, like whatever you're doing, obviously isn't working. Right? So-
1: yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. And we, and I'll, I'll say this, and not to put our, not to put what we do on a pedestal. I, I believe even to avoid some of my own shame and guilt and all that, you know, that kind of that ego, I don't want to put myself down, but I I do believe that the magic is in the men. And every time we're very, very uh, open to criticism. We want to know every time somebody comes to our retreat, we want to know exactly how it went for them. The good, the bad, the ugly. So many times these guys come in skeptical, shoulders, shoulders hunched, you know, kind of looking around, you know, skeptical, critical, like uh, uncomfortable, by day four, day five, shoulders back, chest out, confident, connecting, laughing, smiling. They, they find this sense of freedom. Not once. And we've had young guys, old guys, uh, straight, gay, black, white. It doesn't matter. Every time at the end of the retreat, they're leaving with a smile and a sense of confidence, a sense of freedom, a sense of their self that they had lost a long time ago. So, um, yeah, yeah. Make the jump. Make the jump for sure. Man or woman. I... My uh, Ben, there, my, my my buddy that I ho- host retreats with, his partner Kendall, hosts women's retreats, and the what goes on there, what takes place at the all women's retreats, it is, it's magical, it's powerful. So, either or, either sex, get after it, mm. go, go.
0: Yeah, because we've we've really lost that, right? Like we've lost yeah. that community. We used to live in community. We used to live together and work together. And there would be, you know, like just because of how the labor was divided, like the men would be out hanging out and, you know, in trees, hunting things like, you know, chatting with each other all day. And the women would be like back taking care of, you know, the babies and like, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And it's not to say that, you know, we need to go back to, you know, having that type of traditional gender roles. But I do think that we do need to go back to being connected with other people in a, a day to day life. Way, right? Like, we use community and connection just the same way we use breath and the same way we use, like, you know, food. It's just we need relationships and we need that sense of belonging and that sense of community just as much as we need food and air and water and i think that especially for men right i think in terms of rising up and taking on the leadership role that is needed to hold this expansive container that you know the divine feminine is you know essentially creating right now like y'all got your work cut out for you like we're 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 here to work and we're doing some business so if you guys are gonna be able to keep up right you best band together to be able
1: to do it <laughs> that's no joke. I agree. I agree. The, the, the powerful the the movement here that I'm not necessarily a fan of the typical uh, feminism and and you know the, the strong push for women to be you know working and be, you know reaching to the executive level and have it be all about independence and things like that. I believe much more in harmony in families, harmony in relationships. And whether that's the woman working, the man saying. I'm, I'm not to say, but it's just more so about that love and that harmony. And the, and some of these the women that I've learned uh, or I've gotten to know along this journey, whoo, whoo, women that are in their heart and in their divine feminine, I mean, good Lord, powerful, powerful women. You, like you said, you got to look out. If the if the masculine can't rise up and, and meet the women where they're at, meet the feminine where they're at, it's, it, <laughs> we're going to be out of balance. And we've been out of balance for a long time. We've been out of balance for a long time. It's time to get it back, get it back together. Mm,
0: I love it. And so the one thing that I want to make sure that people know is, you know, how to connect with you, things that you have cooking, things that you have brewing, things that you're putting out in the world. So if you could just share a little bit about things you got going on, how people can connect with you, I'd really appreciate that, Sean.
1: Yeah. So the big, if you want to connect and reach out, the the best way is on Instagram at Sean underscore self-mastery. And a, a few of the things that we have going on, I'm doing one-on-one coaching. We have the in-person retreats lined up. We're going to be in Austin here in November. Well, we're, we're pre-recording though, right? So this won't be out till after that. Um, but beyond that, we have our Discord community where we, we're dropping in as a brotherhood once a week. And we have a 24-7 chat line where we're, you know, if we're going through it, we have a support line. If we want to celebrate wins, we, ha- we have the, the celebration line. We have this beautiful community of men coming together and it's amazing. We have an eight week course that we're offering going forward. And it is for those men that are scratching the surface for those men that are interested in growth, who are sick of having lackluster relationships. Like I said earlier, sick of feeling that stress, that disappointment, that isolation. It is the fast track to finding yourself, finding the divine masculine, the divine man that you are and connecting, reconnecting with your heart, reconnecting with the person the freedom that you have inside of there. So lots of good stuff going on. The best way to reach out is is definitely through Instagram.
0: Yeah. And we will definitely link all of that stuff in the show notes. I am very excited about this course. I mean, I think, you know, anything that gives people tools, a nice little fact, fast track to finding themselves. Like yeah. that's very exciting. Um, and so please, you know, circle back when you have links for that, we'll drop all of that in the show notes, make sure that everybody can connect with that course. Um, Sean is, like I said, an amazing, amazing resource. He's also humble as hell. He's a really great guy. And I really encourage any of you, again, whether you are in relationship to a man who is struggling or you yourself identify as someone who is struggling, please do reach out, whether it's on behalf of yourself or someone else. Um, you know, we never know what is going to be the seed that's going to take root and help people to essentially grow into that better version, that next version, that higher version of, themselves. So thank you for taking the time, Sean, and for being our very first male voice on the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This has been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And I just can't wait for more people to connect with you and to be able to receive your medicine and you know, essentially benefit from your mission.
1: Yeah, thank you, Amber. And same to you. I mean, you have been an absolute light since the second I met you that night before we went to the retreat. And I mean, you continue to shine through with with the content that you're putting out and beyond that, the the podcast that you're hosting, but the soul that you are, it it really, it shines through. So I I love you. I appreciate the time together. I can't wait to keep our, our journey going together. I'm so thankful. Have a beautiful day and I appreciate you.
0: There you have it. Another episode of the sacred leadership podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember exceptional leaders, share the wealth, Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you
1: soon.